at them. If you know, let me know in the comments. Um, so there's lots to get to. Let's get to it first. Lion Ad- Advocacy. We've got to talk about these ghost companies. Lion Advocacy says, Arrive Can is actually far more scandalous than you think. I feel kind of sick. I will collect some thoughts and try to put together a thread. In short, it appears to have been a state-sanctioned shakedown with a complex network of reckless, state-funded collaborators. So this is the pigs at a trough. Everybody's, it's not those single QBGC strategies quarterbacking this and skimming off the top of all the contracts they're administering. They're not the powerful entity. The powerful entity is the trough and everybody's feeding it the trough, right? Uh, I don't know. GC strategies seems to have a bit more, a bit more something, but that could just be other scandals. I don't know. Um, Lee says, how about another billion dollars on another billion dollar battery plant on top of 24 billion for two others when EV companies are scaling back. But what the heck, let's cut support for Canadian military, for the Canadian military, because the world's pretty stable. Yikes, right? And Lion Advocacy goes through this a little bit more. He says, uh, Rivecan is actually far more scandalous than you think. I feel kind of sick. Um, oh yeah, I've already said this one. Otherwise put, this investigation needs to expand significantly. Auditor General asks to provide update on a Rivecan audit after RCMP CBSA confirmed probes linked to the app. And Frank Grimes says, this is obviously a long running money laundering scheme in government. Have, have consultants hire consultants and let everyone take a share, and that nobody looks into this sort of thing. Wouldn't it be ironic if, if it's a Rivecan that exposes the fraud? Lion Advocacy again says, you got it. And what's worse, that they deprived Canadians coming back into Canada their freedoms, threatening them wrongly to download this thing and pay massive fines for not doing so. And where does that fine money go to pay for this scam app? So people are understanding just how deep this goes. And it's really interesting to watch people get upset. Now I've been upset for years. Don't get me wrong. I've understand I've understood just how willing these people are to do anything and everything that aligns with their ideology and damages the other side. And the other side happens to be Canada, right? And it seems like that's true and people are catching it. And how they're doing it is theft of taxpayer dollars through this scam across a whole bunch of different options, right? A, a whole bunch of different places able to access this trough of money. And it's it's hidden, right? An $8 million garage, right? With an elevator to who knows? Somebody asked Pierre Polyev. I saw this first on the pleb. I think this is the plebs cut of this video. I just want to give credit where it's due. Um, that's where I first saw it anyway. And then Miss had this up and it didn't have the pleb. And I thought, I wonder where he got this. <laughs> I have no idea. I don't know where this is from, but this is on TikTok, I guess. Somebody asked Mr. Polyev, if they thought, if he thought Trudeau should go to Israel and Trude- and Polyev's answer is pretty funny. If you ask me, I think it's pretty funny and it really torches Trudeau. So enjoy this answer. It's a good answer. Here we go. The prime minister or foreign affairs minister Jolie should have been with the Americans didn't actually go to Israel to Tel Aviv to have in-person discussions with Netanyahu, whether it's you know, to talk about the situation or to broker uh, safe passages for aid or safe corridors, or specifically, there's two Canadians being held hostage. To have those discussions in person, would that have been worthwhile? I don't think that anyone in Israel would really, uh, or in, in any other country, is really interested in meeting with Justin Trudeau these days. He's increasingly just seen as an international embarrassment. He's got an embarrassing uh, dispute now that he's losing with India. The Chinese government is running foreign police stations in our country. 
he invited a Nazi or allowed a Nazi to be present for the uh, Ukrainian president's speech in parliament. He's getting walked all over by the Americans on softwood lumber and on uh, by America policies. Um, he's increased, you know, five different UG7 countries signed a statement on the Middle East and they didn't even bother to let Trudeau know. So do I think sending Justin Trudeau around the world for meetings would help? No, although I think a lot of Canadians would appreciate if his next trip was a one-way ticket. <laughs> so, I mean, people, people are going to like that kind of rhetoric and it is gloves off rhetoric. It is absolutely realistic. I mean, what he's talking about is a whole bunch of scandals and saying I, that's not going to help. Sending Justin Trudeau to negotiate in Israel about anything is not going to help because he looks like a, a freaking clown. So good. I mean, it's at least interesting to watch the back and forth. Can you imagine if O'Toole was answering that question? He'd opine about how he'd do it better and he'd negotiate with those Israelis and he'd get a ceasefire and blah, blah, blah. And again, my issue is, can they govern our country and forget about other countries in the world? Canada is the place that needs to be governed desperately, properly, hopefully, right? Here's Jagmeet Singh, and he says that Netanyahu is an extremist government. This is an extremist himself with very dangerous policies, dangerous to democracy, dangerous for the people of Israel. So this is, I think this echoes Trudeau's policy. And if it doesn't echo Trudeau's policy, could this be the end of the coalition between the NDP and, Jag and, and Justin Trudeau, Jagmeet Singh and Justin Trudeau? I don't know, here's Jagmeet Singh. Uh, the Netanyahu government is an extremist government. This is, this is an extremist himself with, with very dangerous policies, uh, dangerous to democracy, dangerous to the people of Israel. Uh, the Netanyahu government is an Pretty wild. I mean, that's the leader of the NDP. He holds the balance of power. He is part of the governing coalition in Canada. And he's making these statements like that? I can't. This is akin to accusing India of murder, right? Like this is not mature. This is not how to be a statesman. This is not how to be... Uh, and and maybe there's more i don't even think more context would help i think it would be like one of those situations where you're watching somebody insert their foot into their mouth and you're like stop 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 or uh one of those situations in wintertime where you're pumping the brakes and you're sliding really slowly and you're like i'm gonna hit that car i'm gonna hit i'm gonna hit that car i could get out and walk and stop it maybe but the brakes are not working that happened to me it happened to me in slow motion it was like 15 kilometers an hour and it was enough to damage the door and it was expensive enough to fix it was very annoying their door t-bone right 50 kilometers why did you stop regardless here's stephen harper signing us up for the 2030 carbon taxes and this is we're getting into the carbon scam now so let's talk about the carbon scam stephen harper the conservative party, everybody looks at him and says, man, things are better under Stephen Harper. I think it's because we weren't in the active phase. We weren't in the delivery phase. We were in the signing the paperwork to set us up for the delivery phase. So things were better because his policies that he was signing in hadn't taken effect yet. And now we're seeing the bite of the policies that he started so he's, you know, not a paragon of virtue or anything like that. He's got flaws too. Um, but we're seeing that bite and people forget. People forget that Mr. Harper was the one who started the price on pollution, the price on carbon, right? The price on pollution is a misnomer just like fossil fuels. Um, it's, it's a misnomer because CO2 is not pollution. There are machines, believe it or not, that greenhouses use to pump 
CO2 into their greenhouse to make the trees grow better, really. And the other plants grow better because they really like CO2 because that helps them grow, right? So it's not a pollutant. The trees love it. They love it. Here's Stephen Harper. I should mention that while our plan will effectively establish a price on carbon of $65 a ton, growing to that rate over the next decade, our plan will compel industry not just to pay for their carbon emissions, but to actually reduce them. Industry has told us they want and they need certainty. Our framework provides that, clear targets, realistic timelines, fair across the board application. Now industry knows what they need to do and when they need to do it. I should mention that while our... So, sorry about the volume. I, was, I, I tried to get it as quick as possible. I think I did an alright job. Um, sorry. I think that it's interesting, right? The price on carbon, $65 a ton moving up. It's, we're not even at 65. Uh, I think we're at $50 a ton right now and moving up to, I could be wrong, we could be at 100. I don't know. Um, but every carbon increase, every price increase of the carbon tax now that Stephen Harper signed us up to um, impacts inflation, impacts the cost of all the goods that we have to purchase to live, impacts, in fact, necessities like gas in your car, home heating, regardless of what you use, unless you're out east and or across the country using um, oil, heating oil, because Justin Trudeau took the carbon tax off of that for reasons like keeping the votes in the Atlantic provinces liberal, right? So that's interesting to me. That's All of that is interesting to me. That history is interesting to me. Sheldon says, let's pose a hypothetical here. Let's think about this, okay? Pretend a government decided to invest its citizens' pension fund in a failing market. Call it something like renewable energy. And then said government starts changing federal rules on the use of hydrocarbons, forcing more reliance on the previous mentioned, all while subsidizing the same industry, renewable energy, which consequently either stops the pension investment from crumbling, but more so with the interest of showing large gains. Do you know what this would be called? Right? Because they're investing in this. It looks uh, artificially very, very strong. But if the investment that the government's making were to end, it would not be so strong. And this would be called, this is a criminal code violation and um, fraudulent manipulation of stock exchange transactions. So interesting. Um, I think that we are potentially in a situation, I, I have questions about our retirement fund, the CPP, being tied up with the WEF. Um, and I've shown you that a couple of times, but I'll show you just one more time. So here's, here's the World Economic Forum saying CPP Investments Canada Pension Plan Investment Board is a professional investment management organization that invests the funds not needed by Canada's pension plan to pay current benefits for 20 million contributors and beneficiaries in order to build a diversified portfolio of assets. CPP Investments invests in public equity, private equity, real estate, infrastructure, and fixed income instruments headquartered in Toronto with offices in Hong Kong, London, Luxembourg, Mumbai, New York, City, San Francisco, Sao Paulo, and Sydney, it's governed and managed independently from the Canadian Pension Plan. At 31 December 2022, the fund totaled $536 billion. I don't remember like giving permission for somebody, an entity, to CPP to invest our, um, our retirement plan, the country's retirement plan, in the World Economic Forum or the Canada Pension Plan Investment Board. Um, I'm interested in when that happened because I honestly don't know. And who was asked? Who had the power to do that? And what happens if they lose all the money? Like say, you ever seen Empire Records? It's a fun movie. Um, 
Lucas, spoiler alert, loses the Empire Records money because he takes it to Atlantic City and he puts it all on black or something like that. And he loses all the money in the first couple minutes of the movie. And like, what happens if uh, somebody with the Canadian Pension Plan Investment Board puts it all on black proverbially in the stock market or whatever, however that works, and uh, comes back and says, you know, Canada, Alberta, we'd love, we'd love to give you the money. We'd love to give it to you. But unfortunately for all of us, um, you know, the World Economic Forum made an investment that strategically was supposed to pay off, but didn't, right? That's the nice way of saying, I bet it all on black and yikes. And then you say, we'll rebuild. It's okay. We'll continue investing and we'll, we'll get it all back. We'll get it all back. Will they? I don't know. Um, at this point in time, the investment seems to be increasing, right? You can see the, there's, there's information on how the investment's doing, right? It was five. 32 or something like that at the beginning of 2023. And now it's 576 billion at the at September 30th, 2023. So it seems to be increasing. It seems to be relatively new as well recently. Like this is maybe 2023, 2022, 2021. When did this happen? It's not going back to 2015, right? Like Jeepers Creepers, this was recent. So I have questions. I have real big questions. And there's I know there's no good answers. I know the answers are, that's racist. Stop asking these questions. Right. So I have questions still. Paul Mitchell, again, he says, question to the liberal finance minister are new taxes, new taxes, something that your government is considering. And she says, it's something we're absolutely focused on and we're prepared to use every tool in our toolbox, including tax policy. Now, I don't know the theory. I can't fathom a theory where putting a tax on a grocery store will reduce the price of food. That's the goal of the tax tool they're trying to sell here. Um, I, I can't imagine a tax on consumers or a new taxation situation that will help with the um, affordability crisis. I really don't. Please do enlighten me if you know of such a tax situation, but usually taxes involve giving money that's earned by, you know, you to the government for nothing, right? Presumably to send to Ukraine or Israel depending on, or Palestine, depending on which one, Jagmeet Singh or Justin Trudeau's in charge. Um, here is, here is um, Christia Freeland talking about new taxes. Are new taxes something that your government is considering or what can be done immediately? I mean, we have record number of people going to use the food bank. Exactly when can Canadians expect some relief? As I said, um, this is, it's a very important question. It's a very important issue. It is something we are absolutely focused on, and we are prepared to use every tool in our toolbox, including tax policy, our new tax. When she says tax policy, tax policy could include cutting taxes. Just to be completely clear, right? I don't want to mischaracterize what she's saying there and say, she's talking about increasing taxes, blah, 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 blah. If she's talking about addressing the, the affordability crisis, then looking at tax policy would be a good thing. I would hope they would look at their insane tax policy and say, yes, we can make lots of cuts here, right? But just saying we're looking at tax policy doesn't necessarily mean that she's going to increase the taxes. Although... The question was, are you looking at increasing taxes? And she said, yes, we're looking at tax policy. So she just didn't say, yes, we're increasing taxes. She just said, yes, we're looking at tax policy. So it's not a slam dunk, but it's, it's certainly the wrong answer. The, the right answer should be, 
no, we're not going to increase taxes. We, we will look at tax policy in order to find efficiencies and cuts. That would have been better, but that's not what she said either. So it's the, the, gov the government is vague purposely. So you fill in the details that you want to hear. And oftentimes, if you trust the government, the details you fill in give the give credibility to whatever plan the government's put forward you're like oh well you know that'll that'll work or whatever right but people don't trust the government so christia freeland saying we're looking at tax policy is i'll increase taxes because i don't trust her i don't trust her at all and i would imagine that she would increase taxes she did increase taxes right the carbon tax goes up um all sorts of things these instruments they use increase for no benefit to the public and i, I don't think that they can articulate what their carbon tax has done, has done in the past, and is going to do in the future, right? Like, oh, welcome to 2030. Here's your lab-grown meat and your cricket flour. Like, enjoy the cricket cookies. No thanks. You know, that's, uh, it's not very good. Here's Doug Ford. He's talking about the affordability crisis too. He's got a letter to Christia Freeland. He says, cutting costs for farmers means lower costs for families. Oh, this isn't to Freeland. This is uh, maybe to Justin Trudeau talking about, it's to the senator's saying pass bill 234. Families in our province are counting on the senators who represent them to, ins to ensure this happens. That's why I'm urging all Ontario senators to pass bill C-234 without any further delay. So he's, that, that's essentially what the, the letter says. It's a page talking about pass bill C-234. They should. Um, holding it up in the Senate the way they are is not doing the job that they were elected to do. And they damn well know it. CBC Watcher says, only eight of 29 OECD member countries have a higher gross debt than Canadians do. We are, in fact, among the most indebted of the world's rich countries. We don't have to be either. We could, we could sell our products. We could sell things that we make in Canada, like oil, gas, LNG. We could sell softwood lumber. We could sell all sorts of mines, not mines, but mined materials right like there's things that people around the world want there's all sorts of things and instead of doing that justin trudeau is allowing china to buy gold mines and china to buy lithium mines and china to buy other mines and we're not supposed to know about it and i don't even think they really go through national security reviews like andy lee talks about uh, i think it was a gold mine or there was a there was a mine i can't remember what it was maybe it was lithium there was a mine and andy lee was saying this stinks it should be a national security review, but there is no national security review. And I think it even went through. So apologies that it's not top of mind, but it's tangential to today's show. Anyway, regardless, back to this financial post. This is the article that I was just quoting from. Will Ottawa's fiscal update trims spending and debt? Ha, don't hold your breath, they say. Current levels of spending and borrowing impose real costs on Canadians. Yes, they do. Next Tuesday, the federal government will release its fall fiscal update. Considering the sorry state of federal finances, it should try a new approach to spending and borrowing. Trim both. Yes. The mayor of Guelph, we've got a 10%, 10% tax increase this year. And the mayor of Guelph says, what could we possibly cut? And my friend and I wrote yesterday, and we started speculating about, and he's, he's somebody who would know, he's somebody who does know money. And um, he said, I bet you I could find $50 million in, in waste, like, like that. And you wouldn't, I could cut it and you wouldn't even notice the difference. I said, buddy, I bet you more. I bet you more than that. I bet you there are, there are contracts out there. Guelph is famously, if you look Guelph up, the it looks very nice and calm on the top, right? But we have 
rapidly changing CFOs, CFOs changing all the time, and they'll come in for like three-year terms, but leave after six months, and then they get paid out for the three years anyway, and then they get more money too for whatever reason. And there's been a bunch of these things happening. And it wasn't just CFOs. There are other people too, whole whole groups of people making lots of money, and then they go, like they're, they're out of Guelph and because like out of the job of the city. And then because they're out, they're given severance packages. So there was a couple of years there in the late 20 teens talking three years running where the salaries were just unbelievable. And people, local bloggers were saying, what is going on? Why, why is this rampant fiscal mismanagement wasting all this money on salaries of people who don't even work here? What is happening? And that hasn't really even gotten better. So anyway, waste, waste upon waste upon waste that you could just fix. Probably you could fix, you could cut. And DEI, DEI stuff. I, they, the city of Guelph funds racist things, black only things for, to, to comply with, I don't know, provincial standards. I'm not sure why, but the city of Guelph funds virtue signaling nonstop, but the roads get worse and worse every year. It's meant to demoralize. I'm sure of it. Anyway, regardless, back to this, um, Although the Trudeau government describes itself as very fiscally responsible, its track record is unrestrained spending and large budget deficits. It has overseen the five highest years, 2018 through 2022, and we don't have 2023 numbers yet, of inflation-adjusted per-person program spending in Canadian history, even excluding COVID-related spending in 2021 and 2020. Uh, 2020 and 2021 remain the two highest years of per-person spending on record, even without the COVID stuff. That's why the Trudeau government has run deficits every year since taking office in 2015. According to current forecasts, this year will exceed $40 billion, even though COVID is in the rearview mirror. If it does, federal the federal debt will have increased nearly $900 billion since fiscal year 2014-15, reaching $1.9 trillion for 23-24 wild scroll down just a little bit a better measure they talk about how um our net jet to our net debt to gdp ratio is good and this is uh this is one of those things that christia freeland says is our red line but she crossed it right after she said it she said it like in november and then by january we'd cross the red line but by march we'd brought it back so it was like the mootness thing it's not we didn't cross it now it's not crossed anymore it's fine it's fine red line what red line right but anyway regardless the jet net jet debt to GDP ratio, that's tough to say, um, was supposed to be a something that we weren't supposed to crash through. And we did anyway. And people pointed it out and eh, whatever. I, I don't even know what it is at this point in time. But that's not a very good measure of the richness of our country. Uh, and Financial Post says a better measure of the government's debt to DG, debt is its gross debt which measures all of its liabilities that requires future payment of interest and or principal. By this measure, we're not, only, we're not nearly so fiscally responsible. Only eight of 29 OECD member countries have higher gross debt than we do. We are in fact among the most indebted of the world's rich countries. Current levels of spending and borrowing impose real costs on Canadians. Since 2014-15, federal government debt interest has nearly doubled, reaching a projected $43.9 billion, with a B, or 9.6% of total revenues for 23-24. That means roughly one in every $10 Ottawa collects from Canadian taxpayers this year will pay debt interest rather than finance government services, or an unfamiliar concept in Trudeau's Ottawa tax relief. Tax relief? It's true. They have not dropped taxes. It's not likely that Christia Freeland was talking about reducing taxes. I just, 
have to say what she actually said because it matters. CBC watchers talking about Mary Ng and Canada won't resume trade talks with India unless the unless Nedra Modi's government cooperates into the murder probe of the Khalistani terrorist Hardeep Singh Nijar in Vancouver last June, Trade Minister Mary Ng indicated. I mean, really? These guys are like... I think that they are trying purposely to sabotage as much goodwill on the world stage as possible. It seems like the people who are in charge came in and they have, a, they're trying to make it difficult to make food, which they're doing with carbon taxes. They're trying to make it difficult for Canadian citizens for traveling, which they were doing with COVID lockdowns and COVID arrive can app, can scam app and all the rest of it. Um, they're trying to hamstring our ability, Canada's ability to be independent. And they're doing that at the micro level, like independently, uh, people themselves losing their jobs, not being able to afford their homes, et cetera, et cetera. And on the macro level as well, like trade with India. Okay. Because the trade with India impacts Saskatchewan farmers. Saskatchewan exports a lot of stuff to, to India. I think there's, I think there's a high percentage, 70% or something like that of, of foodstuffs goes from Saskatchewan to India. So you understand with interest rates, they're attacking individual people. With trade deals, they're attacking individual people too, just at a different vector, okay? And it seems like no sane government would come in and do this. It seems like a rogue element of maybe communists. I know I say it, I know I say communists a lot, but I mean, listen to James Lindsay's stuff, man. Uh, there's, there's a lot of similarities in the strategies that is that are put forward by james Lindsay and what these people are doing in our government and we should not tolerate it but we tolerate it because we we assume that they are are elected officials who are acting in good faith but if they're not elected officials acting in good faith if the election was stolen with in, influenced by china and they're acting inappropriately on the world stage harming trade relationships and bankrupting the country we should not tolerate their behavior i don't understand why we are what is happening with people <laughs> it's insane they're acting they're they're behaving in an illegal way and we are sitting here saying huh i guess that's bad i mean it's bad it's bad yes we should not allow it as a Hello everyone, thanks very much for watching. This is just a short version of a longer show. If you'd like to get the whole show, you can go over to canadapoly.com and sign up for a subscription. Just look in the drop-down tab for shop and donate and look for subscriptions and you'll get immediate access to the full show. Love to see you. Thanks for watching everybody. Have a wonderful, wonderful.